The nail in the coffin! Welcome to part two of our Indian season preview here on The Nail. I am Tom Valentino. I am joined by Travis Uli. Trav, uh, good stuff from uh, John Hutchison in part one, getting us ready with uh, all the new faces on the Indians and uh, uh, everything else going on uh, with the team on the field this year. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on um, in terms of determining who's going to be there opening day, roster turnover who's going to be what injury wise rotation, especially with the Bauer stuff coming down. So yeah, it was good to have a guy that really knows his baseball. You can tell that's his, uh, that's his bread and butter for sure. No question. And uh, if you missed part one, um, go check it out on our website, thenailpodcast.com. You can also pull old episodes in the podcast app on uh, iTunes there. And um, if you haven't subscribed yet, go do that. And as for Hutch, uh, you can read all of his work, writing about the Indians, um, burningriverbaseball.com. Uh, real, real good writer, um, good baseball guy, and uh, we definitely appreciate having him on the show. This now is uh, part two, and uh, with all the on-the-field stuff wrapped up and uh, ready to go for the start of the season, wanted to do uh, the second uh, part of the preview here to talk about some of the off-the-field items. A lot of things happening with the Indians uh, outside of the clubhouse, uh, just in terms of what the franchise is doing, where they're going, and uh, some of the uh, uh, conversations along those lines. Uh, first one uh, I wanted to get into with you, Trav, here. Our excellent ballpark, uh, Progressive Field, year 23, uh, if you could believe that. I, I had to do the math on that, and I was shocked. We got some renovations this year, uh, uh, Phase 2. Last year, we saw the new bar and uh, some of the new restaurants in right field. I, I think uh, all of that was very well-received. And then we had the uh, the shipping containers put up in uh, the upper deck of right field, uh, which are actually those um, platforms, I guess, for uh, standing room. Not quite as popular of an addition. Mixed reviews, shall we say. But uh, a lot of new stuff, uh, primarily behind home plate this year. Uh, more uh, local food and drink options. Uh, they've got a new club for the season ticket holders, more open concourse. What are you looking forward to um, from what you've seen with the new uh, new stuff at the park? That new, uh, the new scoreboard looks incredible. It's gigantic, and it really sort of brings the, it, it, it just makes the stadium look like it's keeping up a little bit. I think it's looked a little bit dated over the years, um, which is, like you said, to be expected with a uh, stadium that's 23 years old. But having that thing in left field now, I think, really brings it alive. Um, what they did last year with that district ticket, um, that like $13 standing room ticket with a beer included, admittedly, I didn't take advantage of it once last year, but as far as, as far as things to do in the summer, you really can't beat what the Indians have, have come up with. They've gotten really creative. They made it done a lot of things to get, I think, younger people to come to baseball games, um, and yeah, I think what they're doing is a lot of fun, um, and, and, it, and it really adds to that game day experience. For my money, watching a baseball game in summer is about as good as it gets. But um, 
the the way that they're trying to attract more fans and stuff is great. I'd just kind of like to see it translate a little bit better to actual uh, attendance. Because even last year, with all that they did, we didn't really see didn't really see the crowds that were that were uh, I don't know, not necessarily expected because it's been down for a while. But um, you'd like to see the fan support a little bit better, uh, not just. We always hear at the beginning of the season when it's cold and it's rainy, and and then there's obviously something to be said for that. No one wants to go sit in 45 degree rain, um, but even in June, July, when it's when it's nice out, you just don't see the crowds that you that you would hope to see. I think, and hopefully, the what they've done with the food and they've done with the scoreboard and all that stuff and making it a little more accessible and a little more affordable to get in. Um, hopefully, that translates. Yeah, I I think. Um... What they're doing this year, everything sounds good. Uh, those uh, those standing room rails that they put in down in the right field corner by the bar area uh, were very well received uh, last year, and they've added some of those down in the left field corner this year to, to kind of mirror what they're doing over in right field. And then that whole uh, area behind home plate, I think it's going to look really different. They, a lot of brick has been brought in, it looks like, from some of the pictures I was seeing. Um, and they're really just opening up that concourse, so you're going to kind of be able to see through from the outer concourse straight through into the field. And uh, they got rid of those 200-level seats, which I always thought actually were – I've sat in those a few times, and they were sneaky good. Um, so uh, I guess um, I'm still – that said, I'm still okay with them sacrificing those and kind of reducing the capacity of the park if uh, it's going to open up and continue to open up uh, the lower concourse, which I know was a big theme with what they wanted to do out in right field last year. That $13 district ticket, <clears throat> excuse me, that $13 district ticket that you had mentioned last year, uh, I'm 99% sure they're bringing that back this year. So, yeah, um, I'm pretty we, sure. You and I both need to uh, remedy that because, uh, like you, I also dropped the ball on that last year and did not take advantage of it. I went to a few games but uh, did not um, try the ticket because – I like going to baseball games and I like drinking beer. So um, that uh, that is right up my alley. So. And you can't really complain about anything that costs $13, um, especially when it includes a beer at a baseball game. Um, but we both know the, the number one thing that the Indians can do to increase uh, attendance, win more baseball games. That's true, but um, just to put some numbers behind what you were saying in terms of the attendance dropping, um, it, it, uh, 2011, they averaged uh, 22,726 per game. Um, every single year since then, they have dropped. It hasn't been a huge drop, but it's been a steady drop every year. Um, in, in the last year, they were down to 17,361 per game. So in the last, uh, over the course of five seasons, they basically lost 5,000 people per game, which is kind of an alarming number. Um, and I think just for me as an outsider, um, to the organization as somebody who doesn't work for the organization, I kind of empathize with the people who do work for the organization just because, uh, you, you hear the same things. And I feel like we have the, the, these discussions about, attendance every year and the people who don't go to games they the, the same excuses you hear every year oh it's too expensive why don't you make tickets cheaper and i feel like the indians whether it's that district ticket um or if you're looking on the secondary market like a stub hub or or i think the indians might even have like a proprietary thing now um 
there are ways that you can get into an Indians game for pretty damn cheap at this point. And if you're yeah, not, that excuse doesn't, that excuse yeah, doesn't it's like, and if you're not doing that and, and you're staying home strictly because you think it's too pricey, then that's on you. Cause you're not doing you're not your homework. Because. It's not that hard to find ticket deals. So, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think if they get off to a, a good start this year, that would certainly help. Um, and I, I think uh, winning certainly wouldn't hurt their cause. Um, I, I know they are trying some other things this year. They they experimented with this last year a little bit with these 6 o'clock, uh, 6.05 starts for some of the weeknight games in the spring, and they're doing that again this year um, for quite a few of their home games here uh, through the first two months of the season. I think the theory behind that um, is twofold. Number one, if you got people who are working downtown that get out of work at 5 or 5.30, you got a better chance at keeping them downtown rather than just going home and watching it on TV. And I think it also might be appealing uh, to people who have kids. Um, you got a better shot of actually uh, seeing more of the game uh, on school nights. So um, I thought it was a great idea last year. I'm glad they brought it back. I'm actually, I'm on the opposite side of it. I don't really like the 6 o'clock game personally from my side. Um, I I can't make it to a game by 6 o'clock if I wanted to go. And, I mean, I work in Solon. If I leave work at 4.45, it takes me 45 minutes to an hour just to get downtown and park. Um, Also, if I'm going to a baseball game, I like to get downtown, find a bar nearby, grab a couple beers before the game, and then go in. Um... Now that's a uh, 30-something-year-old guy with no kids. So, yeah, you're. I think you're probably right on that. It's it's more family-friendly. If a, if a dad can skip out of work a little bit early, pick his kid up from school, um, and get down there and still be home at a reasonable hour, um, yeah, there's definitely more value there. So I think that's more what they're looking for. Um, but I've never heard of I, – I know – a lot of people that work downtown, I've never heard one of them say, yeah, I want to go to an Indians game, but that 7 o'clock's too late. I, I don't want to wait down here and, and go to it then. Every single person I know says, yeah, let's grab a couple beers at the Cleveland or something before. So I think it's, I think it's, I think they are probably thinking the same thing you're thinking in terms of attracting the people that work downtown, but I think the only benefit they'll really find from it uh, noticeably is that uh, parents bringing their kids couple of things with that. Um, I noticed that you had mentioned a couple of times the uh, the pre-gaming at some of the bars uh, downtown. And not for the 6 o'clock games, but for some of those uh, Friday night games that uh, start at 7. Uh, last year, and I don't know if they'll be doing this again this year, but last year they had several games last year on Friday nights where they actually did a happy hour and they, they sold like $2 beers in the stadium. It was like they were trying to get people in there earlier and it was almost cheaper to get beer at the stadium before the game than it was at any bar. And no yeah, it was what I think it was. I mean, they certainly promoted the hell out of it on social, but um, I, I definitely think there's a, a market for that, um, especially with the, the crowd in our age bracket that wants to, to pregame, um, get them into the stadium early. I think it's a good thing. The other thing in terms of just getting back to the, the time frame and, or the, the, the different starting times, uh, they really need to do something for those first two months of the year because 
you could look at what their attendance does during the season, and I don't really think it's very strongly correlated with what their actual on-field performance is looking like during the year. Um, it's very much in line with a lot of um, other factors. Those first two months of the year, it's always slow because you've got kids in school and the weather sucks really until like mid-May. And um, it normally peaks in the summertime. There's a big time jump in attendance typically, uh, especially for the weeknight games. It definitely jumps up in the summer in June when school lets out. And then late August, early September, once the uh, once kids go back to school again and summer vacation's over, their attendance just absolutely falls off a cliff. Like they, every year, it seems like the last few years when they've had like those new lowest attendance in the history of Progressive Field type games, it's been like a Tuesday night in September um, when uh, you've got uh, um, all those factors that I just laid out. So I, I definitely think it's something they're keeping an eye on and. Um, something that uh, it's a challenge for them. Sure. I think um, a lot of the issues that they have on the field are, and I don't just mean wins and losses overall, but sort of the path that their, that their seasons seem to take are also indicative of how their uh, attendance works out. So you, you pointed out that they've, the attendance has dropped year by year over the last four or five years. But if you go and look at how those seasons have played out, the one year that they made the playoffs, they had to go on a crazy run at the end of the season to get in. The following year, they probably could have started and built a bunch of momentum um, if they had started off well um, and sort of weathered through that early crap session of um, bad weather and school, like you mentioned. But by the time it got to that prime part of the season where they could expect their attendance to go up, where the weather's improved and kids are out of school, they were already in a big hole. So people weren't as interested in going to games anymore. Um, so I think keeping them on the, keeping them not digging that big hole, I should say at the beginning of the season is key to keeping that uh, attendance respectable, at least, uh, especially this year. I think they'll probably have some excitement and if they can come out of the gate pretty decent, um, they'll probably be able to keep people fairly excited in through the summer and maybe even into uh, uh, September, October time. It helps getting a team like the Red Sox in here in April in, in a month that you typically don't draw well, because that's one of those road teams I would say other than the Yankees is probably the best draw here for a visiting team. Um, and for whatever reason, it always seems like the Yankees are here in the middle of the summer sometime in, in mid July um, or even early July around the uh, the fourth, um, so you never really get the benefit of a, a bump with the uh, Yankees game attendance in in the the down months. But uh, Red Sox should help, and I, I haven't really looked too closely at who else comes in here for the first couple months. You know, yeah, the one thing yeah. that I, I thought was kind of weird that I've looked at for the last few years is even as their attendance drops in the stadium, their television ratings for the most part, have been really good. Now, to be fair, last year they had a huge drop. It, it was like 36% down from the year before. But oh, I, again, they that was one of those seasons where they put themselves in a big hole, and I don't think they ever were really in serious contention for um, a playoff spot. They kept kind of hanging around on the fringe, on the fringe, but never really caught fire like they did in 2013. But um, 
the yeah, years before nothing. that, 2013, I think they did pretty well in, the, in their ratings. And then 2014, uh, they were up 12% over that previous year. And I know that season, they contended all the way down to the last weekend. So I definitely think there's interest in the team in town. It just doesn't always translate to the box office. Yeah, and I think you look at last year, You can. there's nothing more, uh, I should say there's nothing less entertaining than meaningless baseball. Um you can't expect people to be watching at home when your team's not in the hunt. And I think that's probably universal. If you look, uh, there's only a handful, I think, of markets that are that are really legitimate baseball cities where fans are going to watch even when the teams aren't that good. But ironically, those cities never really seem to have teams that aren't that good. So, so it's sort of hard to measure that. You look at St. Louis, Boston, New York. Um, those are always, I mean, those teams are always for the most part, in the hunt. so they're Yeah, and if they have a down year, it's a down year. It's not a 15-year drought. Right, it's not a streak, of course. So I think that's – personally, I'm excited about this season. I like where the team's at. Would like to would like to have seen a little more offense. We kind of alluded to it in the previous podcast. Not sure if the bats are there. But I look for this to be a really, really good bounce-back season for the Indians after they kind of disappointed last year. And I, I think – Personally, I'm excited to get to a couple games this year. I wasn't able to make it to a single one last year, unfortunately. Um, but with what they've done in the stadium and the product they're going to have on the field, I'm excited, and I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there on Monday to uh, see it in person. Perfect segue, because do you know who else is going to be there on Monday? Um, everyone that won't be there after opening day. <laughs> Also true. <laughs> uh, the people that are going to protest outside the stadium? Yes, that is correct. That is exactly where I was going because with this. Because they're there every year for the first couple week, for the first week or so of the season. So I, I, this is one of these things that's been kind of burning in the back of my mind, um, and it always seems to come up. You can set your watch by it every single year. Um, the, the old debate over uh, Chief Wahoo as the logo of the Indians, uh, should it stay, should it go? Um, I have a very strong opinion on this, and I wanted to get it on the record somewhere. Um, uh, so I figured the podcast is as good as place as any, and I wanted to get your opinion on this as well. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the old chief? Um, so I, a couple of years ago, I was – probably three or four years ago, I, I sort of took a very firm stance that I was against it. Um, more for the, I just think it's a bad look. I think it's embarrassing. I do think it's offensive. Um, I, I'm not totally sure I understand how people think a a character of a, of a big tooth smiling cartoon guy with legitimately like cherry red skin Um isn't offensive honestly i I don't know how that stance is there i understand people who have a an emotional attachment to it um i'll admit i'm one of those kids i had a chief wahoo hat in the 90s when i was going to indians playoffs games and yes i do have fond memories of the logo um but at this point i think we kind of need to move past it i think it's a bad look i think it reflects poorly on the city for so passionately well half of the city for so passionately defending it. The organization has made a very uh, uh, passive-aggressive 
move, I think, to phase it out without actually telling anyone or admitting that they're phasing it out. You are 100% correct. Go on. You can can certainly notice it. It's not nearly as prominent as it used to be. Um, They've made the decision that it needs to go, but they also don't want to... They don't really want to piss off those people that still love it. Um, Even... I'll be honest, I'm not as strong about or as vocal about it as I used to be. I just don't really have the energy <laughs> to get that into it. So the other side of it, and you and I, I think, agree on this, it's just kind of a tired logo at this point. It needs a refresh, but because it's so uh, – because, A, they're trying to phase it out, and, B, it, it, it is fairly divisive within the fan base, it would just look silly if you were to refresh it at this point. All right, so a, a lot to unpack here. Um, uh, humor me here and, and let me run with this. Uh, I am with you in that it's time for Chief Wahoo to go. Um, I, I'm not to the point of saying, like, I won't ever wear gear that has Chief Wahoo on it. Um, I've got jerseys that have got Chief Wahoo on the sleeve, like uh, like the team has... Um, that they wear on the field. Um, I'm not going to go to the extreme of like ripping the sleeves or or the patch off of my jersey. Um, I'm not really buying anything new with Chief Wahoo on it, though. Um, And for me, uh, the thing that really... uh, There's a few things that bother me about this. Um, I absolutely... Yeah, for for the reasons that you outline, when you, if you really look at what that logo is depicting, um, honest to God, and this this probably is going to make me sound a little dumb. I look at that logo, I forget that that's supposed to be in the face of a human being. I think that's I think that's a general theme. Is, is people have seen it forever, and it doesn't seem like it that doesn't register with you. It, that's supposed to be a human face, right? And when you look at how. Chief Wahoo originated, it was a full person, like a body. The body was there with the head attached and it had all that stuff going and it looked pretty similar. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't red, but that was where Chief Wahoo started. That is supposed to be a depiction of what a Native American looks like. And yes, it's a cartoon and it's a caricature, but I can't think of any instance where any other race could be depicted that way and people wouldn't think it's offensive. No, and, and let's be 100% clear that if that logo did not exist right now and an agency went to the Indians and said, we're creating your brand oh, um, tomorrow, and they rolled that logo out in front of them, there is absolutely no bleeping way in hell that logo ever sees the light of day. No and chance. like what you're saying about the Wahoo used to be like this uh, – uh, character with like a full body and everything like i don't know do you remember like the the big sign outside this the old stadium yeah with him holding the bat taking the swing. right yeah. yeah yeah and i know like um people from the indians front office have uh gone on the record and said it's like a thing now they absolutely will not show and not have any usage of chief wahoo with the full body because that they're making a conscious effort to like move away from the idea that that's a uh, a, a human person um and it's it, it, i guess in a way it's kind of worked on me subliminally because i i forget that um but then i look at it and i'm just like jesus christ 
Um, the other the other thing I'll point out, can you think of any of all the baseball hats and all the sports logos you can think of? Very few. I personally off the top of my head, I can't really think of any except for the actual league logos. Very few actually include a person as part of the logo. You look at every baseball hat, it's got a letter with some little insignia on it or, you know, who knows what. But very few of them actually have a person. So I think that's sort of where it is. is you look at it and you line it up with the 30 other baseball hats in baseball and it, it kind of disconnects from a lot of people to what it actually is supposed to be on the hat. Yeah, and it's not an accident that uh, as of 2014, the Indians, uh, in, as far as uh, the Major League Baseball offices go, the Indians actually designated the Block C logo as their official primary logo. Mm-hmm. And um, they kind of downplayed that here locally. But when they've got those special one-off hats that, that, that all the teams wear for like Memorial Day or the 4th of July or whatever, um, for the first couple of years that the league started doing that, um, the Indians had uh, variations on the Wahoo hats. And now it's exclusively the Block it's C. always the Block C hats. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're looking at like Sports Center or the scores app on your phone, and they've got to have the primary logo for the team. You're not seeing Wahoo on there anymore. It's it's Block C. Yep. And um, when you're, and I guess this is kind of the thing. Like I I get what the Indians are doing, but at the same time, I guess it kind of irks me a little bit because I feel like they're trying to play it both ways in that they don't want to upset anybody. Um, and so like at the same time, they're saying like, Oh, chief Wahoo's not going anywhere. We're keeping chief Wahoo. It's like you said though, um, whether it was uh, designating the black C, um, making like their batting helmet. They only have one batting helmet now and it's the one with the C. Um, and that was a little bit dubious because the year that that happened, um, I, I might be a little bit off on the details of this, but I swear that when that happened, the rationale or the explanation for that was that it was related something along the lines of like it was a new model of helmet and the Indians only got like one one helmet um, for each player because it was something related to having a new model. And there were other teams that came out with new models that year that they had two helmets like they had every prior, previous year. Um, right. And that and, excuse, come on. Yeah, and, and just you, you, look in, you look in the seating bowl at, at Progressive Field – there's no Wahoo anywhere. Yep. Um, like last year when they honored uh, the 20-year anniversary of the 95 team, they gave everybody in attendance uh, for the one-night um, uh, pennants celebrating uh, the, the Indians winning the American League pennant in 95. You look at that pennant, no Wahoo on that anywhere. They just uh, have the script Indians Just on. had the script Indians and, and uh, some other uh, uh, nondescript uh, stuff um, from that time. Uh, everything but Wahoo. Um, it just, uh, like we had said, the, the, no full body Wahoo anymore. So like little bits and pieces here and there. Um, and, and I guess just ultimately the thing for me and, and why the trying to have it both ways thing really bothers me with this is that it's like, I, I, I joked about it. You, you know, the protesters are going to be down there on Monday because they're there every year. And they're going to continue to be there every year. And just for me personally, I'm not that, it clearly upsets um, p- 
people and there, there, there are people who are, are really bothered by that logo and um, I don't blame them. And it certainly it means a lot to them and I, they're going to keep protesting it and they're going to keep fighting that battle. Um, and I just don't, it's not the tone that I want my season to start off on. I mean, it's supposed to be a fun day. It's supposed to be a, a great, you know, winter's over, baseball's back, um, you know, hope springs eternal and all that other stuff. And it's just like, that's like not what I want my baseball experience to be about when I go down to, to games. Yeah, and let me just say now, because I wouldn't be surprised if we see another one this year, but under no circumstances is it ever acceptable for someone to paint themselves red and dress as Chief Wahoo, regardless that was... of your feelings on the logo. That looks awful, regardless of what his conversation was with that guy and what they were talking about. Oh, that picture, I think it was Cleveland scene? Yeah. That picture last year makes that guy look like a moron. I think that was the last straw for me. When I saw that, I'm like, this, 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 I, I, I cannot be anywhere near this side of the battle. This is, um, this is no good. And I, and I know I have, I, we probably, I would bet that you and I have a lot of the same mutual friends. And I would honestly bet that our friends probably trend more towards the, uh, keeping the logo side of it. Yeah, and, and I would agree with that. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna honestly, I'm not gonna cast judgment on people who who side with that because they're. I, I know a lot of these people; they're good people. I don't think they're racist. I don't think you know that. Uh, I don't think they're bad people for feeling that way. But when you see a guy doing, the, it's the equivalent of blackface, which has been, I mean, that's been completely off limits for. 30, 40, 50 years now. Um, how anyone in his right mind thinks that's acceptable, I just, I don't get it. So I won't cast judgment on our friends and people who like the logo. That idiot, though, who painted his, his face red uh, to dress like Chief Wahoo, I'll judge the shit out of that guy because he's a moron. And he makes everyone that supports Chief Wahoo look bad, honestly. Yeah, and I, I think that clown aside... Um, the majority of people uh, who don't want to see Chief Wahoo go away, um, I, I think the the typical argument that you hear from that side is that you know we can't give in to the PC police. Uh, it, it's been part of our uh, it's been part of the Indians' identity for so long. My counter to that is, yeah, it it has been part of the team's identity for so long this now yes there have been different iterations of chief wahoo but the version that we see on the uniforms and on a couple of their hats today with the exception of a couple of minor tweaks has basically been existence in existence since 1949 so you're looking at a logo that's been here for over 60 years and i just like you had said earlier, I just don't think it's a great logo. So it bothers me that like, regardless of what you think about whether it's offensive or not, like I, I need more of a re like teams go through rebrands and, and, and update their looks and update their, uh, their identities all the time. I mean, it happens every year and it just, to me, it feels like the Indians 
just for whatever reason, because people go so overboard and wanting to defend that because of this, you know, mythical uh, notion that like oh, the, the PC police. And, and it's just like, how about the logo? It's just time to go away. Like it sucks. About just um, using a little common sense. It's not that good of a logo. And, Quite frankly, I'm not totally sure that, that the name Indians needs to stay around. I'm not going to make that that fight at the moment, just because I don't I don't have a better suggestion, and I think that's a, that's a much bigger effort than just getting rid of a little logo. Um, but yeah, like you said, the logos it's old, it's kind of tired, it's not it's not fresh, it doesn't really look that cool. Um, and then you can also throw in the part about it kind of being wildly offensive <laughs> so yeah so literally there's not much redeeming quality except what you said yeah we've had something like that for 60 years which isn't really a good reason to do anything ever how many other logos can you think of have been around for that long and how would you measure up chief wahoo against any of them um i mean you look at like the the iconic teams but I don't consider like I don't consider the the NY on the Yankees hat really a logo. It it it, abs- it absolutely is, but it's not in the same way that Chief Wahoo is for the Indians or the B for Boston. Like all these teams that have these iconic logos, where it's really just the the letter for their city. Um, in terms of baseball, I don't know that there's really any that have a non like basic standard letter font thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but you know what I'm saying. Right. I don't know if there's any that really have a hat that's gone that long um, or a logo that's lasted that long. That's, that's, that's more complex than that other than Wahoo, obviously. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, I do consider like those, those cap logos for some of the other, uh, legacy franchises in Major League Baseball. I mean, whether it's um, the Old English uh, D for Detroit or the Yankees interlocking NY or that Boston B or even like the, the San Francisco Giants who, you know, moved out west and, and the Dodgers, they um, both moved out of uh, New York and out to the West Coast there. Um, I think it was in the 50s. Um, so those have been around for nearly as long as Wahoo. And I, I just... I don't know. I'm not. Uh, and let me be clear. Like, I don't think the Black Sea suddenly solves all their problems. I, if it were up to me, I think you could go in a whole new direction. I feel like there's a lot of things about the Indians um, branding that just kind of irks me a little bit. Um, they, they they are kind of all over the place. Like one day we're a red team. One day we're a blue team. Um, some days we're a script team uh, other types we've got block letters on the jerseys red Sox, blue Sox, um block c chief wahoo it's like you know pick an identity and go with it i just yeah you look at like it's it's sort of disappointing because quite frankly you look at the other teams the Indians have been around forever i mean they're not yeah they are a charter member of the the american league they're not one of the newer teams and there's not many other teams that have had that have changed their hats like somewhat drastically. And I don't want to just harp on the hat, but 
baseball hats are awesome. The teams that have like those iconic hats, like I hate the Tigers, but that Detroit Tigers hat, pretty damn cool. The Red Sox hat, cool. Yankees hat, cool. The Indians hat, I like the block C that they have now, but I would be much happier if they had had a C logo 80 years ago that they just kind of kept and slightly refreshed, um, but didn't drastically change all the time. Um, they actually had some cool ones back in like the 20s and 30s. That's what it's kind of disappointing is they never really stuck with any of that. that. Exactly. So, um, I mean, but that, that ship's obviously sailed at this point, but, um, I don't know. I just, I think we're in a, in general agreement that the, the chief Wahoo ship has probably sailed and they know it. That's the worst part about it is they need to just do it like a bandaid, rip it off already. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the way to go just because I, I mean, like stop talking about it. The people right now you have both sides bitching about it. Um, and that's not going to stop until you completely get rid of it. Exactly. And you'll have to put up with the, the other side who want to keep it. You'll put up with them for a little bit, but then they'll be like, then they'll get tired of talking about something that's not going to change. And they'll, we can all move on with our lives and stop worrying about this every year. Yeah. I mean, and let's be honest, fairly or unfairly, um, the Dolan ownership has gotten uh, pilloried for so much other stuff. And I really think that just the resentment, again, fair or unfair, that a lot of fans have towards um, the, the Indians' ownership and the limits that they put on the payroll. They're not the most beloved people in town, even though they have run a pretty stable franchise. Um, I think they could survive the backlash that you would get from the segment of fans that want to keep that logo. And like you said, especially if you do it right and you come up with a new identity and a new logo package for the team that's really nice, something really sharp, uh, I think you would eventually, I, I think the the backlash against that could be brief. Yeah, I agree. I think right uh, until you do something about it, like I said, you're going to have both sides bitching about it. Yeah, I'm tired uh, of having this, this argument every single year, and we're going to keep having it every year. Until until a move is made. Until something's done, it, it's yep. like it, let's move on. And I want to air one more grievance. Yeah, Major League Baseball's like gear, like the apparel you can buy as a fan, it's horrible. I've been like, and it's wildly overpriced. So the fact that some of it even has this logo that I don't want already eliminates some stuff that I that I would like to purchase. Um, and I don't think you're going to have fans buy less stuff if you get rid of Wahoo. Um, but quite frankly, the stuff they have isn't good. They need to do sort of an, and I don't know how much they actually, how much say they actually get in apparel and fan gear and stuff like that. Because I think it's probably all the same stuff for every team and they just slap your logo on it or whatever. Um, but they need to do something about it because they're way behind other sports in terms of uh, the variety and the quality of the gear that you can buy. And when they've already kind of got a bit of an identity crisis to begin with, that just, it's, it's a huge turnoff. I think when you're trying to like myself, I was trying to find something to buy for the game on Monday because I don't really have any cold weather gear. I have like a couple t-shirts and usually I go to games this summer and that's all I need. 
Um, but I'm not paying 80 bucks for a sweatshirt that I don't even really like that has a logo I don't want on it. Yeah, there's uh there's definitely an opportunity there. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've not been in the market for any new stuff, but, um, yeah, that said, going through the stores and just looking at stuff on the shelves, I've, I can't think of the last time I've seen something that made me say like, wow, I really need to add that to my, uh, fan gear collection. So there, I guess and there's I an opportunity. It, I thought, I thought them being partnered up now with Nike would help some. Um, but the, it, it really hasn't. Their gear is not that, that great either, but it's sort of weird. I don't know if I've always found it weird that they have that partnership with majestic who literally all this company does is make baseball uniforms. Um, like I don't, I don't know any other place that you buy majestic stuff or anyone else that wears majestic, but for whatever reason, they've had this long-running relationship. You look at, and I think they just extended it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how or why. Maybe they're the only ones that really want to do it, just because I, I don't think the the baseball jersey market is as lucrative as basketball or football is. Um, but you look at the NBA and the NFL; they seem like they change uh, gear providers every every three four years. Every time a contract's up, they're changing who they're going to go to. Baseball's been majestic for as long as I can remember, and maybe um maybe they haven't always been, but it seems like it, it's been this this random brand who somehow has a corner on the baseball uniform market, and I think that has sort of hurt the uh, the merchandise market as a whole. Uh, I don't want to harp too much on the gear you can buy, but it's frustrated the hell out of me this week because I want to find something and I just can't. Yeah, I do think that um, maybe it's been 20 years now, but there were other manufacturers that um, it was not just one team or one company making the uniforms for every single team in Major League Baseball. There used to be a few. Um, and But even at that point, I think Majestic was still one of the the manufacturers that was in the mix for that. And it just, at some point, I think in, a, in the last 15 to 20 years, which still, like you said, that is an incredibly long time. Uh, I, I think even still, they, um, they, they've always been part of that. So I think what they really need to do, cotton. <laughs> Costanza had it right 15 years ago. Cotton. Just don't throw it in the dryer. Don't put it in the dryer. The breathability, natural fabric, so hot out there. It's perfect. Well, with any luck, we'll get that kind of weather on Monday, but uh, otherwise you you might have to be settling for a a $95 hoodie, and uh, Godspeed to you. Yeah, I'll just be wearing a hat and non-branded gear most likely, I think I've decided. Well, hopefully... uh, when uh, when you go into the stadium, uh, liquid long johns. Yeah, you, <laughs> that helps, and um, you know, uh, bundle up, um, put on a hat, uh, just don't paint your face. Yes, definitely not, definitely not. And if I see that, I really hope I don't see that guy. Even I kind of hope you do. I, oh, why you gonna come bail me out? <laughs> oh. Hey, if I gotta do a solo show next week. Uh, I'll uh I'll figure something out. The worst part about that is presumably that guy didn't come alone. There was someone there who saw him doing this and didn't think about it enough to say uh no, 
Hey, friend, are you sure you want to go through with this? I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to say hard no on this one. Rethink this plan. And by rethink, I mean don't be an idiot. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. So uh, bad. Horrible. But we'll, well hey, see. listen, I, I think our team will not be bad. I know Progressive Field will not be bad. I'm incredibly um, excited to start the season. I'm, I'm looking forward to baseball. I hope, hopefully, uh, I think Phil said that it should be uh, spring should come early for us. So hopefully that's the case. We get some good weather early on, and hopefully they need to get out of the gate uh, down the big hole. Even if they're not going to get out, and I mean, I would love for a fast start, but we've seen them dig those holes so early in the season that if they can avoid that, I'll be happy. Me too. Me too. I think because uh... I think they got. I think they got the team. I think they have the pitching where. If if they're they're steady all season, they can they can really hang around and they can do some damage late in the year. Yeah, let's uh, let's get the September still in the mix. That uh, that would be ideal. Absolutely, that's all you can ask for. And with that pitching staff, um, you gotta like your chances if you, if you can do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think that's about it. Um, yeah, we've done two episodes now here in a couple hours, so. I think we've uh, I think we've got it all in as far as baseball goes. We have to start talking drafts soon. I I, I think that's right. Um, good to uh, good to make up for lost time with uh, with the baseball. I know it's one thing we have not really done a whole lot of, just because there really wasn't a whole lot happening. But uh, sure. that time of the year has arrived, and uh, it's good to get on board and uh, get the Indians into the mix. Uh, I don't I don't see us doing any two parters again anytime soon, but uh, we'll certainly make them part of the regular rotation. Nope, uh, should be done. Yeah, it should be fun here uh, over the next few months. Sounds good. All right. So, you know, just the usual reminders, um, thenailpodcast.com. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at The Nail Podcast. And you can now uh, like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Nail Podcast. And uh, that'll do it. So and we will not just just disclaimer. Go like the page. We're not going to be one of those pages that posts like 10 stuff a day and just clogs up your news feed. No, definitely not. Of those, they're the worst thing ever. We won't do that. Yeah, so I, go like the damn page already. I will co-sign on that pledge. Um, definitely uh, definitely not going to overrun your feed. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So there you have it for uh, Travis Uly. I am Tom Valentino. This has been The Nail in the Coffin, and we will talk to you again next week. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. 